Praise God. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 1. We've been talking here the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're just going to continue on this theme here today. Praise God. And uh, just push on what God has for us, uh, not only in this house, but in the body of Christ as a whole. Amen. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 1. It said, The former treaties I have made, O Philophilus, yeah, of all that Jesus began, say began, both to do and teach, right? Jesus began both to do it, demonstrated it, and then he taught it. We want to teach it and then try to do it. But Jesus said, I'm going to begin to do it, and then I'm going to teach you how to do it. And then verse number two, he said, until the day in which he was taken up, after that, uh, that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they would not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence." Verse 8, we drop down and it said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. We said that, that, that all of those things have one thing in common, and that is that he give us this power not to go to heaven, but to work in the earth. And a lot of people are still standing and gazing and looking into the heavens, but thank God for heaven. But today God has empowered us so that we can do something while we're here. Amen. And uh, the angels had to come and talk to him and tell him, why are you still standing here gazing? God never talked to you about heaven. He talked to you about the earth. And he said, so I want you to go into the earth and demonstrate this power and authority. Amen. And he said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one place in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. as a mighty rushing wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. In verse, uh, chapter 3 and verse 19, he said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And when the times of restitution shall come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. You see, today uh, what I want to push on is for us to understand that wars are not uh, God's timepiece. The Middle East is not God's timepiece. Presidents and kings are not God's timepiece. The church that he has empowered to enforce the restitution of all things is God's timepiece. Heaven must retain him until the restitution of all things. 
And, and now when we, you know, I know there's a lot of folks that read novels and they read these stories about the Bible and they read stories about the coming of the Lord and, and they've got all of these novels and all of these scary movies, but I'm just going to stick with the book of Acts. I'm just going to believe the Word of God is true. Amen? Not some novel. I, I, I run into folks every once in a while that's wrote, re, read those novels, and they, they try to start quoting Scripture, and I say, that ain't even up in there. Right? That ain't how it's going to happen. And you've got to be careful about what somebody has written and lining up with the Word of God. Amen. Jesus is not coming back until the church that he left is walking in power. Amen. Walking in the divine authority that he has given it to make restitution of all things in the earth. Amen. As I look around today, I become more convinced than I ever have been that there must be a resurgent of power in the church. Amen. You know what I mean. The kind of church that, that sick people get healed. That demonic spirits start being broken off of folk and, and set free. Amen. You, when that kind of service that you leave with a different hairdo than you came in with. Amen. Uh, that kind of service where that you know that when you leave, your life has been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see, yes, give him praise. Because when the power of God comes, there's evidence that the power of God has been there. Amen. Things begin to shift and things begin to turn. People today are experts at not being able to be moved. Folks say, move me if you can. It's not my job to try to move you. If you got that kind of mindset, then, then you've got the wrong mindset. But let me tell you what's produced that in us. We, we have a, uh, information 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have news on the TV and we see all of these happenings that are going on around the world until nothing moves us anymore. We can be sitting, eating our dinner and watching the war in Iraq and people being blowed up and things being destroyed. And we say, oh, as we're eating our steak dinner, oh, looky there, somebody just got killed and just keep on eating. Because nothing moves us any longer. Amen. We become experts at not feeling. We become experts at hiding our emotions. And, and we bring that over into the church until we're not even moved by the presence of God. Amen. We watch TV preachers and we make superstars out of them because the only thing that we see is their spiritual side and we don't see their humanity side. Amen. And then we come to the local house and we begin to worship and we begin to criticize and fault find because we can't enjoy the blessing of God that is in the house because we're judging the house. Ah, yes. But I want to preach until people feel something. Amen. Even if you just get mad, at least you feel something. 
Amen. At least you feel something. I want to preach until the word of God, amen, begins to break that shell of unbelief and penetrates, amen, that the hardest heart and breaks every stronghold off of your life. Amen. We're supposed to sing with some power. We're supposed to praise with some power. We're supposed to preach with some power. Amen. We're supposed to pray with some power. The New Testament church was a rowdy bunch of people. I said they were a rowdy bunch of people. They didn't just get together to mourn the death of their religious leader. They got together to celebrate their resurrected Savior. Amen. And people knew when they got together because they didn't just come together for a social event. I just I believe that you ought to be able to tell the difference between a church service and a funeral. There ought to be some difference. Amen. You see, we, they, they were loud on purpose. They prayed loud. They prayed until the Bible said the place they prayed was shaken. They put Paul and Silas in a prison and they began to worship God until the jailhouse began to shake and the doors became open and everyone in the, that was bound was set free. Amen. This is a natural picture of the spiritual implication that when we begin to have strong worship in the house, amen, there is the potential that everyone that is in the house will be set free. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, the American church is too soft. I said we're too soft. We'll quit church if someone says something we don't like or don't understand. Amen. The parking lot has to be paved. You can't walk too far. Huh? But this rowdy, this early church, when it started, there was some rowdy bunch of people. Peter came straight out of prison and went to the church. He was somebody that wasn't afraid. Why? Because he knew where his strength was. Amen. You see, we, we, so many times we think, well, we've just got to have everything just so, so, but I want to tell you that we have to have a place of power that we can come into that whenever that, that will push back on the power that's been pushing on us. We need some authority and we need some anointing. Amen. That will overcome every spirit and every power and every principality that's been pushing on us. We need some power to push back on it. Amen. I've been preaching enough to know that most people won't praise God unless everything's just right. They lose their praise because it's too cold. Lose their praise if it's too hot. Lose their praise if it's too loud. Lose their praise if it's not loud enough. Amen. But you've got to want the power of God more than you want comfortability. Let me say that again. You've got to want the power of God more than you want to be comfortable. And whenever we come in, we push all the other obstacles out of our way. We cause everything that would try to bring our mind under subjection to the doubt and the confusion of the day. We push it out of our way and we say, if it's too hot, I'm still going to worship God. Amen. If it's too loud, I'm going to lift up my voice and praise him anyhow. Amen. If it's, I've got to 
park out in the yard. I'll walk through the yard and get up in the house of God where the power and the presence of the Lord and brothers and sisters have joined together and I'll join my faith with their faith and we'll see done what could not be done on my own. Glory to God. That's the reason we come to church. We don't come to church for a social event. We don't come to church to go through the motions, but we come that there may be an infusion of power in our lives. And when we leave here, we don't leave like we came. We don't leave here like we leave Walmart. We don't leave here like we leave the workplace, but we leave here infused with the power of the Holy Ghost to destroy the yoke and remove the burden that the enemy tries to assign to our life. I wish somebody would give him some kind of praise here this morning. Jesus never taught that his crucifixion was the end, but rather the beginning. The dispute is not over whether Jesus was Christ was born because it is a historical fact that he was born. There's no dispute that Jesus taught. It's recorded that there was a man born by the name of Jesus that went about teaching. There's not even much dispute over the miracles that he did because he didn't do miracles in a corner somewhere. He did them out where everybody could see them. Amen. Jesus healed people that the whole town knew was sick. They said, isn't this blind Barnabas which sat by the way? Amen. Jesus healed a man that laid at the pool for 38 years. Amen. And when he got up, everybody around the community knew that this man had been sick all of his life. Praise God. But Jesus healed him that day. Glory to God. You don't feed 5,000 with five loaves and a couple of fish. Amen. And nobody know anything about it. They knew what was going on. You don't walk on water and nobody talk about it. Come on, somebody. Everyone knew that Lazarus was dead. Everybody in town had been to his funeral. Amen. There wasn't any dispute, amen, about his crucifixion. They knew that he had died on the cross. Here's the problem. Here's where the problem came. Jesus made some outrageous statements. He, he made some outrageous claims. Jesus claimed that you've seen eternity from the outside in. But he said, I want to talk to you about the kingdom from the inside out. They were talking about Abraham one day and Jesus, 31 years old, comes and tells them before Abraham was, I am. They talked about Satan and Jesus said, I was there today when my father evicted him and put him out. Amen. The most outrageous claim was that he said that his blood would cleanse humanity from their sins and that he had the power to forgive. And they said, who has the power to forgive but God? And he said, that's right. I am. If you believe upon him, he says that I have been delivered from the penalty of sin. 
I am being delivered from the power of sin and I will be delivered from the very presence of sin. Amen. So what is his proof? He says, my miracles are not enough proof. My teaching is not enough proof. He said, I'm going to tell you one more thing and I'm going to hinge everything that I've ever done and everything I've ever said upon this one thing. And if it does not happen, you will know that I'm not the son of God. Amen. If this doesn't happen, he said, go back to living whatever you're living. Go back to worshiping your false prophets. But he said, I'm going to hang everything upon this one thing that I've taught and what I have done. He said, they're going to nail me to a cross and they're going to crucify me. And after three days and three nights, I'm going to come up out of that grave. He said, if I don't get up, then go back, Mary Magdalene, and get your demons and go on to living life the way you were living. But he said, if you tear down this temple in three days, I'm going to rebuild it again. And after three days, he walked into the heart of the earth and he into Abraham's bosom. And he preached to himself to the Old Testament saints. And he told them about himself. And he snatched the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he got up with some resurrection power until people that were dead were seen in the city again until Jesus walked the earth again and said I am the one that was dead but now I'm alive and alive forevermore hallelujah oh come on and praise him here this morning I want you to know the church was born in power And that's the reason Jesus said, my death isn't the end of a thing. It's the beginning of my church. Amen. It wouldn't be been so bad if he had just been silent and slipped on back to heaven quietly. But he said, I'm going to hang around a while. In fact, I'm going to stay here 40 days and I'm going to walk the road to Emmaus. I'm going to walk in and go through the wall and I'm going to go into where my apostles are and I'm going to talk with them. I'm going to show myself with infallible proofs upon the earth so that because I'm not going to leave too quickly because I know a day will come when somebody will want to say it never happened but I'm going to stay around here long enough until people see that I am here that they know my power and they know my authority I'm going to do signs and wonders and miracles and before I leave here I'm going to leave a trace that they can follow and know that I am who I said that I was and I'm going before I go to my father I am going to empower another generation with this power that father God has given me so that my work will not stop but it will continue amen somebody shout power but that wasn't the end It was the beginning. This was the beginning of what Jesus began. Began to do and to teach. Until he was ready to be taken up. And then he gathered his apostles together. And he said, I'm ready to take you to the next level. Glory to God. 
I'm getting ready to leave for heaven and go back to my father, but I'm going to give to you this power that father God has given to me. Because when I get there to my father, I am going to send the Holy Ghost back to you. Amen. And you're going to know that it was me that has sent it. Amen. The power that I operate in, he said, I'm going to give you that operating power. And we're going to mess up the devil. Because in Jesus' day, there was only one Jesus to deal with. But now millions of people are going to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And drive demons out and speaking life and victory and healing the sick. And Jesus started it, but he said, I've started this thing, but now I'm going to give it to you so that you can continue the work in the earth that I started while I was here. He said, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall. You shall receive power. After that, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. After that, you shall cast out devils in my name. Oh, you don't think there's devils. Have you ever seen the interviews on the news? And they say... I don't know what happened to my neighbor. He was such a wonderful man. There's no way that he would ever be able to do this. The person that I knew did not have the capability. You you only knew one part of them. I'll tell you what it was. It was a demonic spirit that got on them. Amen. Oh, yeah, it's true. I know we don't want to talk about it, but it is true. And what we have to understand is we've got to have a power that is greater to combat the powers that are coming against us. Amen. I remember standing on the stage in McCurdy, Africa in 1992, and everything was great as long as the worship and the music was going on. Amen. I was uh, that had the privilege that night. They tell me there was over 20,000 people there. And I stood up to preach, and as I began to read the Word of God, demonic spirits started manifesting. Not one, not two, but multiple ones. I didn't count them. But I tell you, I was amazed and I stood in awe and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me because in my mind I was thinking, these are some bad people. But I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, it's no different here than it is in America. He said, but they just don't have enough power to stir it up. I want to tell you that the power of God will stir up the demonic spirits of hell. Cannot stay hid where the power and the presence of God is. When the fire gets hot, the snakes start squirming. Come on, somebody. I don't want to scare you too early, but I want to tell you today that we've got to have some power over the work of the enemy because there is a real enemy. Come on, somebody. But I'll tell you today that we don't have to be fearful because God didn't leave us orphans. He never left us powerless. What you see in the book of Acts is a church in infancy, seed form. Amen. Nothing God uh, does starts in a fire and ends in a smoke. Everything God...
God starts in a garden and ends in a city. Everything God does starts with a seed and ends in a harvest. Everything he does, he starts with one son and ends with a generation of sons. Amen. I want to tell you the latter house is always greater than the former house. The book of Acts is the church in seed form. And if you and I are living in today, then we've got to understand that we are living in a season of harvest. We are living in a time that God said, I will pour out my spirit, not for you to say I'm Pentecostal, but for you to reap the harvest that is set before us today. Oh, come on and praise him this morning. The book of Acts is church in seed form and without carpet, without padded pews, without an air condition, without a heater, without a PA system, they would walk into a city and they would turn it upside down because they had power. The power until the shadow would heal the sick people power until they'd preach one message and shake the whole city. Amen. You can't have this kind of power as long as church is a hobby to you. Church is hobby to Americans. We got it as a hobby, a sideshow. We come to church when it feels good. We come to church when we're available. We come to church as long as it's comfortable and as long as it don't cost us anything. Amen. But when you come, you can't just come when you feel like it. You can't just pray when you need something. Amen. People are more loyal to sports teams and TV shows than they are the kingdom of God. People can tell you what team drafted who. And they can tell you more about desperate housewives. Come on, I know I'm preaching it right. They can tell you more about sports. They can tell you more about the drama that is going on on the television than they can. But they don't know the times and the seasons in which we live. But the Bible said the sons of Ishkar not only knew the times and the seasons, but knew what they ought to do. I'm telling you, we've got to shake ourselves today and realize we're living in an hour when we can't just play church any longer. We can't have it as a side hobby, but it's got to become real and desperate and say like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I need the presence of God. I need the power of God. I need him to manifest himself in my life. Amen. You see, most folks today don't know what's going on in the spirit realm, but we've got to learn to know what's going on. I know I'm a boring person. I'm sorry that I'm not well-rounded. Amen. I don't know the latest lingo. And that I'm not a cool pastor, but I'm on an assignment. Sometimes I get distracted, but God's grace and his power realigns me. And I haven't got it all together, but I want it. I said, I want it. I want the power of God, amen, that when 
I step into a room, the atmosphere changes. I want the power of God and to demonic spirits start fleeing. I want to walk in the hospital not to cheer you up, but to cause you to get up because of the power of the Holy Spirit to heal the sick and to set the captive free. I want this place. I, can, I, can I not scare you too bad, but tell you something in my heart? I've always wanted a place where you could put the display of God's miracles on display. It stuck in my mind somewhere as a kid preacher that David had the tower of a buckler of a thousand mighty men. It was kind of like a show place that when you went in there, David said, hey, yeah, he was bad, but I took him out. He said, I remember when that one came against me. And I know he had a, he had that bear, his tan, his, his uh, hide tan, and he had it laying out there. And he said, I remember the day the, the, the bear came after me. And he said, see that lion head up there? He crowded me. He thought he was bad. And I just pulled him to the ground because the power and the spirit of the Lord came upon me. Amen. I, I don't want to scare you too bad, but I said, God, could it be all right? in this last day if we had a room somewhere where the display of God's power could be shown where the crutches were left amen where the braces were taken off where the power of God had been on display because people came in sick and came in bound and came in tormented but they left whole because the power and the presence of God is here amen you need to get some power so you can walk into school and see a shift. Power to walk into that office and change things. Power to go home, amen, and things not be the same. As long as I'm here, God will have a voice in the earth. As long as I'm here, God will have hands to use. As long as I'm here, God will have eyes to see. As long as I'm here, God will have feet to claim this region and say the kingdom of heaven has come to reign and have dominion in the earth, praise God. We must understand that we didn't come here to be entertain ourselves, but we came here to put our foot down as ambassadors of the kingdom of God and be enforcers of the restitution of the earth and tell the enemy, you will turn our sons and daughters loose. You will not control our economy. You will turn loose our mothers and our fathers. Amen. You will turn loose those things that have been bound and abused because we have power over the flesh. We have power over the enemy. And greater is he that is working in us than the world that is working against us. If the early church didn't put up with it, why are we? They were just in infant form and they didn't put up with it, so why are we? If the early church in seed form was doing that, why are we allowing the enemy to run and do havoc in our lives? I thank God for our heritage and what he has done. And I appreciate that. But what he has done isn't helping me now. I want his display of power today in my life. I want him to move in signs and wonders and miracles today. 
in this generation that men will see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And so if we're going to do that, then we have to have some power that is greater than the power of the enemy. The Bible said you cannot spoil the strong man's house unless you first bind him. How can you bind the spirits that are tormenting people's lives if you do not have a greater power working in yours? So I just come this morning to practice his power. Come here just to practice his power today. Say, well, pastor, what what do you mean? Well, one of my favorite scriptures that I remember many times in my life whenever I'm praying and seeking God and I, I don't have the real direction, I just go on what I'm feeling. I think of what Jonathan told David. When David told Jonathan his heart, he, he didn't say, yeah, God said, let's go do it. He just said, let's go see what God might do. Let's just go over there and see what he might do. People say, well, you ought to know for sure. Well, you go to the doctor and they don't know for sure. What do doctors do? They practice medicine. So I'm just going to come here today and practice power. (laughs) I just come in some kind of faith. I know it sounds crazy, huh? But I just come today to practice the power of God and just say, God, I don't know when you're going to do it, but I just know you're going to do it. I know you didn't leave us here to be orphans and be powerless, but you brought us to this place so that we could demonstrate your power and demonstrate your grace. Now, some people think that the devil is greater today than he was before, but I want to tell you that the devil doesn't have any creative power. He don't, he's not fighting with any more imps today than he was before, except people allow him to work through them because he cannot create anymore. He don't have any new tricks. Y'all looking at me funny, but we keep falling for the same thing. But I, that we're, <laughs> we're dealing with the same thing today Adam dealt with. We're dealing with the same thing today that they dealt with, the children of Israel dealt with. We're dealing with the same thing that they dealt with in the New Testament. He's no greater today than he's ever been. We've allowed him to become large in our minds. But I've come today to tell you the Bible said that he was destroyed that day when Jesus hung on the cross and he was rendered helpless, praise God. Our elder brother has given us the power and the authority over the works of the enemy. And so what we have to do is practice his power, practice his grace, practice his mercy, practice what he left. And what did he leave us? He left us a church full of power. Amen. And so today, I just believe, I just believe that God wants us to still heal the sick. To still tell demonic spirits you've got to go. To still tell the oppressed you can be free. To still tell those who have lived their lives in turmoil. That you don't have to die in turmoil, but you can have life 
and have it more abundantly. Amen. That we understand today that we're not the tail, but we're the head. Understand that the church is not going under, but we're going over. Understand that there's more power in us than there is against us. But you've got to exercise that power. You've got to walk in that authority. You've got to declare and not agree with the assignments of hell over your life. But you've got to stand up and even in object of adversity of what is coming against you. You've got to stand up and not declare what is going on. But you've got to declare the word of the Lord over your situation. So we're just going to practice today. Is that all right? Maybe you're here today and you need some things broken in your life. Maybe you're here today and you need freedom. Maybe you're here and you need healing. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. This is your blessed day. This is the day when your darkness can turn to light. This is the day when your sorrow can turn to hope. Your mourning can turn to dancing. Amen. Some things in your life that you know you're dealing with that you don't have the power to change yourself. But you just say, I'm just going to practice the word today over my life. And I'm going to just allow God to do something for me this morning. Amen. Is that all right? Stand with me. If you need God to do something for you this morning, I just want you to come and stand with me in agreement. And we're going to pray here in just a minute. We're going to practice the power of God. Amen. I don't care what it is. No matter how big, how small it is, you just say there's something in my life, there's things in my life that I need the power of God to move in because I know I can't do it myself. 